1: luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness.
0: Creative Control with Beach
3: Hey, how's it going on this episode? A little bit later you're going to hear from Slim Cessna of the American band Slim Cessna's Auto Club. They got a few Canadian dates coming up this week and uh, you're also going to hear a song from the new compilation that Slim Cessna's Auto Club just released. So that's coming up a little bit later. First up, a conversation with Chad Van Galen. Chad Van Galen is from Calgary, Alberta, so I'll we'll talk to him about uh, the state of his city. Also, Sappy Fest is happening in Sackville, New Brunswick, and Chad has, at the last second, agreed to play at Sappy Fest, and he's also made an exclusive tape. I think it's a 45 minute tape that he's selling only at Sappy Fest. There are very few copies of it, so it's going to be like a collector's item. And Chad, very graciously, has offered to let me play a song from this tape on this episode. So you'll hear all of that and more. I should say. Uh, Chad and his family recently lost their dog, and uh, Chad and I normally have really uh, fun conversations. I don't think this one's any different particularly, but I can kind of, just as a guy, as a someone who knows him a little bit and uh, has become friendly with him, I can tell he's hurting a little bit. So keep that in mind uh, when you hear from uh, Chad today, and you know, if you if you can, if you see him, tell him you feel bad about uh, his dog, because uh, pet owners know, pet non-pet owners don't understand sometimes, but pet owners know. You develop a bond with these animals, and uh, it's a tough it's, it's tough it's tough. when you lose them. Anyway, all that said, I don't want to be a bummer. Chad Van Gillen, Slim Cessna, on this episode of Creative control. Control, create control, create control. The Eden Mills Writers' Festival celebrates its 25th anniversary this September with events featuring storytellers in Waterloo, Guelph, and, of course, 10 minutes away from Guelph, in the village of Eden Mills. Key events include an evening at the Starlight Social Club in Waterloo, Ontario, featuring Jim Guthrie, Bedini Band, I Am Robot and Proud, and readings by Carrie Snyder and Dave Bedini. The Joel Plaskett Emergency with Jim Guthrie and Bedini Band perform at the River Run Center on Friday, September 13th. Also September 13th, Arthur Black and James Gordon are at the Eden Mills Community Hall. World-renowned food expert and best-selling author Michael Pollan will be joined by Sarah Elton at Rosansky Hall at the University of Guelph on the afternoon of Saturday, September 14th. And a full slate of adult, young adult, and children's author readings will take place in the village of Eden Mills from noon to 6 p.m. on Sunday, September 15th, featuring a who's who of emerging and established Canadian writers. All of these events are accessible and all ages, and tickets are on sale now at The Bookshelf, Ticketbreak.com, and the Riverrun Center box office. For more information, visit Festival.ca. Van Gillen is a very talented and strange musician, visual artist, animator, filmmaker, father, and resident of the good city of Calgary, Alberta. Though ostensibly a homebody, he will occasionally leave the house to tour behind records like 2011's Diaper Island, but it is somewhat of a rare thing to see him live. Uh, that said, he does make a real effort to make it to Sackville, New Brunswick for Sappy Fest whenever he can, and he was recently just added to this year's edition, taking place August 2nd to 4th. He has also made a new tape that will be on sale exclusively at Sappy Fest this weekend and then on uh, eBay on Monday. We're actually going to get to hear a song from this tape before the end of the show, but here now to discuss some stuff, random stuff I I assume, is Chad Van Galen. Hi Chad, how are you? I'm I'm okay. (laughs) I'm, you know... You're you're okay, yeah. I, I we were just yeah. we're just speaking, and I, I'm sorry you, you've had a, a loss in your family, and I, I I'm sorry for that.
4: Yeah, no, it's it's uh, yeah, it's mostly just what I'm thinking about these days. But but yeah, I'm I'm stoked to go to Sappy again. Paul Paul phoned me up there at the last second. And he's like, I'm flying you out here. Just get your butt out here. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and he's from. I've known Paul for a long time since college. So
3: yeah, yeah, he's in
4: Alberta. He's an Alberta boy. So when he says that he's going to fly you out somewhere, he's probably going to fly you out somewhere.
3: So. Now, why? Why would not? I appreciate that he would do this for you. You're a talented guy. I go to Sappy Fest all the time, and he's never extended anything like that for me. I mean, I I like to come out to Sappy Fest, and I'm I'm a little broke right now. I'd like to go. I don't understand. This I going. will. <laughs> you gotta. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm, I don't know what
4: the reason. He's he's an old he's an old friend, so he's like he knows how to pull some strings for you know dead beats like me.
3: No, I, I I if anyone deserves it between the two of us, I think it's you know there's a fifty percent chance it's you. You deserve to go more than me. I mean, you're gonna play. I, I do nothing there. I just MC and, and
4: yeah, you do you do a pretty good job of MCing. I've seen you uh, wrap up a storm. Oh, that's times. right. That's right. I'd pay to see that. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't pay me. I saw you. I think I saw you at George's. Was it George's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're wrapping up a storm.
3: That's right. I did actually literally MC. I was talking more about hosting, like you know, introducing bands. But yeah. oh,
4: right, okay, right, right, yeah, yeah. No, I, you're a pretty good MC as well.
3: I, like a, a rapper. Like, yeah, I, I, that was what happens sometimes. Or I don't know if it happens every year. I feel like it didn't happen last year at all. But they used to do a thing where it was like a like a band would set up. It was like a sort of a live karaoke situation. And it was the band, yeah. the band Steamboat from Toronto, happened to be there, and they learned a bunch of songs, and uh, people came up and sang them. So I did. Uh, I think at George's, I must have done um, a Kanye West song. I probably did Gold Digger, and it was fun. I enjoyed that. But I didn't.
4: I don't know what it was. I thought it was Public Enemy.
3: Just because of how angry I was.
4: No. Well, no, no. <laughs> I, I don't know.
3: <laughs> you just. You I just, don't
4: equate <laughs> Public Enemy with anger. Oh, okay. I equate it. it with just like. Yeah, no, no. It was just very fast uh lyrics.
3: Oh, okay. You, you you're uh,
4: rapping pretty fast. You're you're impressing me.
3: Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I I have some skills. I mean, they're not they're not, yeah. you know, they're not like Let's Fly vish in kind of skills, but they're still they're pretty good. They're not bad skills, I'd say. I mean, yeah. I, I appreciate you saying that cuz you know, I I'm a big fan of seeing you play and it actually means a lot that I did one thing and it made left some kind of impression on you. Oh, yeah, man. Now, before we get to Sappy Fest, because I do want to talk about this, but uh, we should talk about Calgary because uh, you're a resident of Calgary. Can you talk a little bit? And I've had a few people on this show talk about Calgary because I I spoke to Drew Marshall shortly after the flooding happened and Sled Island had to be canceled. And then I spoke to uh, the entire John Spencer Blues explosion about their experience. So it's been kind of a, I think it's a necessary sort of theme. How did this flood impact you?
4: Um it didn't I mean beyond the fact that uh our our city was underwater it didn't I mean I I'm way up on a hill um unfortunately looking over Bonas, which got really flooded I'm right beside the river but I the, the the hill goes way up where I am so um the bottom of my community was evacuated but uh yeah it was it was I got to say, man, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. Like, uh, my wife and my one daughter were in Toronto when it was happening and I was here alone with my younger daughter and it was pretty freaky. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. I was lucky to only, there was a a couple of my friends got, uh, got kind of flooded out, um, with their houses uh, where they had to kind of gut their basements out, but nothing, um, Nobody like losing everything and all they had, but i I gotta say man i don't I'm not gonna say that uh that it was ever a good thing, but I feel like the vibe in Calgary has just completely transformed like I feel like Nenshi was a obviously a total hero during the whole thing, and really kind of coming at it in a pretty honest way um and all of the, like, Calgary just came together. It was just good to see what the city can really do, because I know a lot of people kind of poo-poo Calgary, including myself, and I've lived here my whole life. It is it is a city that can get pretty apathetic and distant and feel pretty transplanted at times, but it it was great to see people coming together, doing all the fundraising. Um Obviously, a lot of my friends are in bands, and just to see them stepping up and putting on shows and raising money, it was pretty inspiring, i got to say.
3: Yeah, I think uh, we've seen this a few times, and I don't want to cite specific examples because obviously the scale of each of them uh, is different, but you do see when sort of any kind of tragedy or, or something impacts the whole city, uh, in the best case scenario, it galvanizes people. Like it actually brings people together. Yeah. and and it sounds like from all accounts, from what I've who I've spoken to, from what I've read, that is something that, that has definitely happened in Calgary.
4: Yeah, it's amazing. It really, it, it's super inspiring. I felt, I think, I felt proud of the city for the first time in a long time.
3: Do you do you feel like uh, <laughs> since uh, since, you,
4: since, uh, <laughs> since since then she, since then she got elected? I think, but. Um,
3: <laughs> Do you think that the perception, uh, obviously the perception of him has probably changed? I know he had a lot of supporters, uh, probably a a number of detractors as well. I actually don't know specifically. I just sort of, you know, from my position away from Alberta, I kind of got that impression. But your feeling is that his perception has changed to the people who were doubting him.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think Nenshi definitely came out on top, um, you know, for... I, I, I would also say that it did kind of get maybe a little bit blown out of proportion. The, but at the same time, like as far as like not making people panic and uh, coming out to all the events and just kind of running himself ragged, but not in a, not like in a really honest way. Like he never, you know, like coming out to the fundraisers and. Drinking some beer with people and just being tired with everybody was awesome to see a mayor do that, you know? Like, he didn't have to do that. Like, I don't know.
3: It didn't seem just like a pol- political move is what you're saying. It seemed it seemed very genuine.
4: Yeah, like, he was just like, holy shit, this is fucked up. Like, yeah. he'd get on a mic and yeah. just be like, I didn't even, let's just enjoy ourselves and eat these cherries and drink this beer and this is fucked. <laughs> You know what I mean? Where it's just like, yeah, it's honestly what it is. Yeah. So, you know, it's nice to nice to see that. Nice to see a, a mayor that you can kind of, I don't know, sympathize with, empathize with. But
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and and you know, you related to him just as much as he was relating to everyone in in their situation. It's it sounds, you know, as you say, you you, you don't want to, you don't want to celebrate it, but it it sounds like it did have some positive impact on on your city.
4: Yeah, exactly.
5: Yeah.
3: So, uh, speaking of good cities, uh, you are headed to Sackville. You, you tend to make uh, these trips to Sackville, New Brunswick. This this one seems seems like it came straight out of the blue, even for you, based on what you were saying earlier. Uh, and you know, you know, you and I have talked about this before. And I kind of have a, a sense of what makes Sappy Fest worth the trip from wherever you are. But can you maybe just talk a little bit about what it is about this festival and your relationship with it? What what keeps you coming back? Um,
4: well, I was kind of lucky enough to see it start from the beginning. Um, I was, uh, like I was saying before, I was good friends with Paul Henderson. He was working at Struts Gallery at the time and he had brought me out for an artist residency at that art gallery, um, kind of before I was playing music really. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, I mean, uh, Fred Squire, um, Shotgun and Jimmy were living out there as well. Uh, and Julie Doirant was out there. And, yeah, just to kind of see those folks kind of um, scheming about stuff. And then the first Sappy Fest was just like a bunch of uh, buddies that they wanted to see all play at one festival. So, um and it was the greatest thing ever, and they, I think they just sort of realized, like, whoa. Um, super small events, and then I think the second year it totally flooded. Good.
5: Huh. And uh, it, Good.
4: And, it, and it and it was still I think even better than the first year, and then the third year, <laughs> I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> I think I rolled a bale of hay over some stoner. Um, and then the fourth year, I think, uh, I don't know, Arcade Fire dropped by unannounced or something. I don't know. Every year there's something that's just ridiculous, but for me, that um, that was
3: not the fourth year, by the way. I just want to clarify. Oh, it wasn't? No. Okay.
4: I can't remember. I've only, I've only, I think I've only missed two.
3: Well, this is, this is what? This is year eight, I think.
4: This is year eight.
3: Yeah, so they would have been like year six or something. Because I missed the day, the one I missed was Arcade Fire because my son was being born probably as they were playing. Right. Yeah. And then I missed another year. I think I maybe missed the first year. I don't know. I missed a few too. And I'm missing, by the sounds of it, unless something changes radically, I'll likely be missing this one as well. But otherwise, there's something about it that keeps us coming back. And you, know, you kind of did a makeshift highlight reel just now. But there's something about the attitude of it and the and the curatorial vision for it that is really inspiring.
4: Yeah, there's absolutely like no nothing pretentious going on at all. And if you even even if you are coming into it with that, um, you know, like even if you're like some cool blogger that's just like, yeah, I'm gonna like hit this up and like interview like whoever. Mm-hmm. Like you want you get there, you get there, and you're just like, and it's gone. Yeah. There's like no hope for any sort of pretension at all. You just realize like, "Oh shit, I'm at like I'm at like the family dinner where I can get drunk kind of thing." <laughs> it's just like a really good vibe like nobody's nobody's fucking around. Everyone's having a shitload of fun. There's tons of stuff to do. Um, yeah, it's pretty awesome.
3: Yeah, there's a purity to it that I don't see it almost. I mean, it's a, it's a very idiosyncratic purity to sappy fest where, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like a bunch of external forces are messing around with the programming or anything that's going on.
4: Yeah. And and, and that's exactly right. Like, that's why I get, you know, I get called like a week before I need to play. (laughs) (laughs) Like that kind of stuff still goes on.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And you don't, that's not a thing you would do for just anybody, would you?
4: Absolutely not. No.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
4: only for only for Paul if, Paul if you're listening I'm only I'm doing this for you because I love you
3: <laughs> well what is it about not t- just because t- I t- love t- you
4: but I love Sappy Fest
3: yeah yeah well we, we can spread the love around I think it's clear who you love everything's fine I, I, I am curious okay. about, <laughs> I am curious about your did I mischaracterize this at all you, you have a bit of an aversion to sort of touring and playing live right
4: yeah it's a bit of a pain in the ass
3: for sure like well oh, just doing it or, um, or the aversion <clears throat>
4: Um, I don't know. I mean, I get sick of listening to myself, uh, pretty quickly. So listening to yourself every night and is, uh, like, and it's just, a, I don't know, I'm just not built for touring. Like a lot of my friends really love it. Like the, the guys that I play with, um, and most of my friends like love touring. They'd be on tour forever, but yeah, well, lot- I just don't, I don't get. I don't get down with the lifestyle like but you know when I come home I'm like you know I'm a dad like you right yeah, so
5: yeah.
4: I want to be I want to be witnessing my child learning how to ride a bike and you know dad stuff so I you know I come home and I'm like an alcoholic like <laughs> I've been drinking for like weeks and I'm just like yeah where's the let's do you guys want to do a sound check in the garage <laughs> drink some beers <laughs> so, uh, tell some dirty jokes it's like I don't know
3: yeah, it's not, an easy tra- it's, it's, it's not an easy transition back into regular life, I guess.
4: No, yeah, no, it's not.
3: You were going to say something else.
4: Yeah, no, no, I was just, I wasn't, I was just, I've just found a, I found a A tooth on my floor. I'm just wondering where it came from, but.
3: You. You've, sorry, you've, sorry, you found a tooth? You just randomly found a tooth on the floor?
4: Yeah, I just found a tooth in a in like a crack in the floor here, but I don't know where the hell it came came from. Maybe it's or, maybe it's not even real.
3: Presumably, it's potentially one of your children's teeth. Is that what you're suggesting? I mean, yeah,
4: maybe. Maybe it is. I don't know.
3: Are they at a uh, uh, teeth losing age? I mean, is that
4: they totally are? Yeah. Actually, my oldest daughter, has to have a. She's gonna have a root canal next week. Oh no! Unfortunately, she's only yeah. She's only five, so I'm pretty freaked out about that.
3: Is that because of uh, poor parenting?
4: Um, she's got like two molars that I. I mean, people don't want to listen to this. <laughs> so she's got like a weird, She's got like a weird molar that has like a. A really deep pit that goes down into it. That's basically just like she was born with like a hole in her tooth. Oh yeah,
3: unfortunately. yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of that happening. That's too bad. But I mean.
4: Yeah. Okay. So just luck, luck of the draw. Bad, bad genes. It didn't come from my side, man. I got, I got zero cavities.
3: Yeah, you, blame it on my wife. You seem like you might have good teeth. I, uh, my, my son just turned two this week, and I, we actually got him his first, like, little tricycle, and uh, he does. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's good. It's got a little thing like a, a post behind it that I can—I don't know what to call it. It's like a—it's like a metal stick. Yeah, I can, I can kind of steer. like a handle. That's the word I was looking for. A Handle. Yeah, and you can kind of push him around and uh, steer him around and stuff. But he won't. He refuses at this point to use his legs. Like he just doesn't. And I've been trying to figure out: Do I yell? Not yell. I'm not a monster. But I will be like, you know, push or kick like i'm not sure what action to kind of convey to him to get the bike moving with yeah
4: the it has pedals
3: yeah no totally Yeah, yeah yeah it has pedals he puts okay his, puts yeah his,
4: yeah so i what i did is i just like i just get down and kind of with my hands it's kind of hard on your back because you're i know you're a tall dude as well but like you just grab their feet on the pedals and then just like move them hmm. with the pedals it's like super stupid <laughs> but uh that that's that's what got both of my daughters kind of like, "Oh, I am the engine."
3: Yeah. We I did do yeah. that. I did that for him at a Canadian Tire. We went to Canadian Tire. Like he associates our local Canadian Tire. And by the way, this is not a necessarily a promotion for the Canadian Tire Corporation, but we have taken him to Canadian Tire and we've gotten the tricycle down from the tall stand and he, he just, as soon as we walk into to the door of the place, he'll be like, he'll know to go to get the bike, and and then I was doing that, I was pushing, I just don't think he's got the, maybe he doesn't just have the strength yet, I, anyway, we just had a one day with him on it, I think I'll try it some more around the neighborhood, but it, it's it's funny what you you take for granted as a new dad.
4: Yeah, he'll get it though, man, don't worry, it's he's it's early, if he just turned two, it's like, Whatever, man.
3: No, I'm not. I'm not concerned. I just, I, I just as a fellow. You're freaking parent,
4: out. You're freaking out <laughs> over nothing right now, man.
3: I remember what before my son was born, you <laughs> gave me some good advice, and I, <laughs> that's why I feel like I can talk to you about this stuff. We were, we did an interview, and you were telling me about stuff. It was good. I remember that. So, anyway, I know you. are right. Yeah, and I can understand why you wouldn't want to be. Away uh, from your family but it, and a lot of people who play music will say the only good part of touring is that like hour that I'm playing and the rest sucks is there a particularly bad part of touring for you? Um, I,
4: I'm lucky enough to always be touring with like my best friends mm-hmm. so I kind of feel the opposite I still I, I still haven't I still don't feel 100% comfortable playing in front of people like I, I like it but seems a little bit crazy to yeah, me yeah it's not a, um, it's
3: not natural in some ways
4: yeah and i don't feel I, I i don't really feel like like a lot of my friends too are like really good uh like at their instrument like guitar specifically and i have never really 100 percent felt comfortable on that instrument so but yeah it's uh but yeah so i enjoy i actually enjoy just hanging out with my friends like my the drummer in my band has a child too so we don't have a lot of time but it's cool to to tour around with them cuz then we get just get to hang out all the time. So that's that's not bad, you know. Okay.
3: But well, yeah. uh, speaking of friends, you we we mentioned that you're going to see you're going to Sappy Fest, you're going to play it, and you'll see Paul and a whole bunch of other people you know. You actually actually before we get to this cuz you I want to talk about this tape that you made for Sappy Fest and before we get to that though, I should ask you since you're on the line, Chad, what else is going on uh in terms of music or whatever you're working on because I guess a month ago there was a video that came out for a Met song that you made a video for. You, you you created like an animated video which was amazing. Right. And I just wondered if there was other stuff coming down the uh down the pipe. Is that what people yeah. say?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It sounds a little bit sexual, but I'll I'll run on that. <laughs> um I'm I'm making a, I've been working on a movie for the last two years, unfortunately, which is uh big slowly turning me uh insane. Um, it's like an animated, uh, sci-fi cartoon, um, so I've been really h- hard at work on that, and there's another record that's finished, but probably, I was just kind of expecting it to come out this fall, but apparently, uh, it's not, that's not a good time to release a record, according to everybody else. What? Um.
3: That's the opposite of what I always yeah. hear. The fall is always, well... I guess the flip side is that the fall is extremely busy and saturated, and you might get lost in the mix.
4: I think that's the, yeah, I think that's the mentality. But, uh, but yeah, so there will be a new record coming out um, probably in the new year, like February-ish or something. Um,
3: does it have a name or anything?
4: Yeah. It doesn't right now. It does, but I'm not going to tell you, actually, to tell you the truth.
3: Chad. <laughs> I, I don't
4: want to blow it's gonna it's gonna just blow everyone's mind, right? And I don't I just don't wanna jump the gun on that but, kind of shit, right? But
3: Chad, I'm your I'm talking to you on the phone. You might as well if you know it, you, first of all you said no, then you flipped it and said yes. It's fine. Well, I'm
4: just I'm not I'm not sure it could change. Like I don't you know, it's not even it's not even worth mentioning.
3: Okay, fine. But
4: and I'm also at the same time I'm putting out a um well I don't I don't know I'm I don't know if I'm gonna put it out officially, but there's gonna be a a book that comes along with the with the movie once oh. it's done. Yeah, so I'm slowly trying to work on all those things, but the movie's just been like kicking my butt because I've been doing all the voices and and I've never kind of written a script before, so that was a giant pain in the ass. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so now I've got, finally finished scoring it and doing all the soundtracks stuff uh last month and so i'm so, sort of sewing everything together and now i just have to animate like like the wind to get it done by the i'm trying to get it done by october so huh but it's ridiculous
3: Well that's uh i feel like you and i talked about this before is there anything you can sort of tell us about the film at this point that that will illuminate what it's about, or is that also worth waiting for
4: Um, yeah, it's like a, um, I don't know, it's like somewhat autobiographical, maybe. I'm like, obviously I'm projecting a lot of myself onto it because I'm doing everything on it, but, uh, so it's kind of turned in that direction. But yeah, it's like, kind of like D&D nerdery meets like 2001 Space Odyssey meets like Strange Brew. Huh. kind of
3: <laughs> that sounds yeah that sounds pretty rad I, and and you just felt inspired one day to do this like you obviously this is within you and you just you're doing everything by yourself you didn't get any help from anybody
4: no yeah and that's the problem i think like i i uh well same with like comic books and graphic novels and stuff too i always thought that they were working on the scale of the book but really they were working on huge panels and then shrinking them down and then sending those books out, so I always used to draw with little tiny pens, being like, God, they just draw so small. Oh, but Really, they're doing it on a larger scale, and I think that same thing with this animation, I'm just like, oh yeah, just like Miyazaki, I'm just gonna make a fucking animation. <laughs> but then at the end of the day, it's just like, oh yeah, and then you, the credits roll, and you're like, oh, they had like 4,000 Koreans like coloring this shit, and you know, 20 people doing voices, and a whole bunch of people writing the script. So yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if it'll be very good, hmm. but uh, it'll definitely be something.
3: I was just going to say, have you have you yourself considered uh, contacting some Koreans?
4: Well, yeah, I think so. Once once this is finished, the the deal is that I'm going to try and um, send it out to a bunch of people like uh, like Frederator and Cartoon Network and stuff like that, and see if I can get sort of use it as a pilot. More than more than a movie. I mean, it will be an animated short. It'll probably be about thirty-five minutes okay. long when it's finished. But uh, but yeah, I definitely need more people at this point because uh, doing one episode every four years is like you know, and it's also just like uh, a lot of work. Like if I'm I probably work on it about like twelve hours a day on average. So wow, like really
5: you miss a lot of your. Oh my god! Yeah.
3: Well, I think For sure it, it just seems like you should try to hire some. At least, you know, you you can't hire four thousand Koreans as you mentioned earlier. But it sounds like you need to hire some people to help you do this. I mean, it's at the same time. I, I yeah. Like, at the same time, I feel like you're a bit of a stickler and, and you kind of like doing everything yourself.
4: Yeah, no, I totally do. I'm an I, absolutely. I'm a total control freak,
5: hmm.
4: and I feel like there's. You know, like, you have to compromise. I'm just not very good at compromising when it comes to that, like, visually, like, with my vi- visual stuff. So, um, yeah, and, like, even with that Mets video, like, when bands come, come to me, it's just sort of like, they, they, they already know that. They're just like, hey, here's a song. You know, I'm just like, sweet. <laughs> I, they're like, what are you going to do? And I'm just like, yeah, you'll see it when it's, like, done, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: that the, the Mets guys to, the Mets guys told me that because they they were trying to talk to me about the video and they said they really didn't know and they let you do whatever you want and you're just and, yeah it, it turned, and that's
4: and that's yeah and that's the best kind of way to I think approach things for me just because then because I don't know I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do that's like the that's the most exciting part yeah just yeah. like when you're done you're just like whoa that's what it was
3: that's weird <laughs> i like that your own weirdness surprises you sometimes
4: yeah that's the best part
3: now you've created a a tape for sappy fest we should talk about this what it's an exclusive tape for sappy fest Uh, why do that first of all and then beyond that what, what what can you tell us about the tape um well
4: paul paul was like uh i think he was he was trying to he was like hey Um, or no I don't think it was Paul I think like their publicists were like hey like maybe we should get him to like play like an entire record of his or do something like that Um, which made me feel really old Um, so I was like fuck that like there's no way A I can't do that and uh, B I don't want to do that and so I was just like I'll just make you guys a tape of a bunch of like weird stuff on it and then they're like okay sweet so it's just uh, the tape has um just a bunch of drones i did a um like a big long drone piece um for my friend emily and so that's one side of the tape is this this drone that i did for her and uh she got she got pretty sick with cancer um uh like about a year ago and then so everybody was uh Everybody was kind of meditating at the same time, like droning out to music and stuff. So that came from that. She's she's doing super good now, by the way. It's not a bummer story, it's like a really good story. Oh great. And uh Yeah. And then the other side has a couple tracks that I've made with my daughter Esme. We're in a band called Crocodile Teeth and the Snugglers. And so there's uh I think there's at least one song. That song that I gave to you yeah. is on there. Um there's one
0: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
4: That I didn't even know that I had, that just kind of popped up, um, of kind of like a Rasta jam that that I made. It's actually not, it's not very good, but it's kind of, it, it'll definitely make you laugh. It's like a, it's a pretty funny track. It's got a lot of like... Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. That was like that was the that was a sour bong hit of a track right there. <laughs> what is and it? And then
3: uh, what, is, what is it a B side from?
4: Oh, I don't. I have no idea where it came from. Oh. I had. I didn't even know that I had made it. But uh, so that's on there. And then there's a bunch. And then I think there's a one. There's a track uh, that's on Tarbaz, This the movie that I'm working on, but it's only. Playing in the movie for like a minute, and the song's like seven minutes long. So I put that full version of that on there.
3: Wow, how long is this tape?
4: Um, it's like 45 minutes.
3: Oh, nice. Well, that's great. I mean, it's great that you did it, and it, I mean, is there? So we've told people it's exclusively at Sappy Fest, and that's the deal, right? It's not going to show up somewhere else, except as I said on. No, yeah,
4: absolutely not. Yeah, there's 20. There's I'm can't, I'm looking at them right now. There's one. Two, Twenty-three copies.
3: Wow, there's only twenty. Get them while they're hot. Yeah. Well, it's nice. There's
4: (laughs) twenty-three copies, Vish.
3: (laughs) That's not going to last very long, Chad. Did you make one for yourself?
4: I, I mean, I I made the music, so it's all in my brain. It's
3: all in your brain. All right. Well, Chad, uh, I I appreciate the 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 chat and the the time to talk about it, and uh, I hope you have fun in in, at Sappy Fest. It's, It's cool that you're doing it. Thanks, man. Yeah. I just want to let people know, once again, Chad Van Gelen is uh, performing at Sappy Fest August 2nd to 4th, and uh, you can learn more about him and his amazing music at FlemishEye.com and more about his appearance at Sappy Fest, which is going to be great, at SappyFest.com. Now, Chad, you have given me uh, a nice exclusive here, and I, I can't thank you enough. You've actually given us a song uh, to play uh, to play out the, the, the show. So what, uh, what can you tell us about this song? Uh, I believe it is called and tell me if I am pronouncing this correctly. No?
4: Yeah. It's uh it's pronounced now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's um yeah, it's that this so my it was the first song that uh me and my daughter Esme, made. Um and we have an improvised kind of rock band called Cocktail Teeth and Snugglers which I was just talking about and um this was the first sort of real song that we made. Mm-hmm but it was funny how it came about because I wanted to count it in and then she didn't want the song to start so she just started screaming no at me and then I started screaming no back at her and then it just ramped up into this awesome kind of like punk rock track called no.
3: So how old- But
4: she started laughing as I, cause I started screaming, I was just like, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna fucking yell no at me? Dude, I can scream that like five times as loud as you. In my mind, but then actually she was like, you know, like little girls can scream like way louder than any, <laughs> any creature, any creature ever. Like it was, that uh, so I apologize. It's pretty, uh, abrasive, but yeah, that's, um, that's, uh, crocodile teeth and the snugglers for you. We're pretty, uh, we're pretty raw.
3: When was this recorded and how old was Esme at the time?
4: She was, uh, I think three. She had just turned three, and yeah, so we've been a band for like two years now, I guess, which is pretty crazy.
3: Okay, so it's a couple of years. This this track is a couple of years old.
4: Yeah, this is like the first track that we ever made. All right, they've mellowed out now. Now she's like way more into like writing actual songs and stuff, like lyrically. But this is just has one word in it. With only two letters, which is pretty crazy.
3: <laughs> all right, we're going to hear it now, and uh, hopefully we can see uh, Crocodile Tears and the Snugglers perform live at some point?
4: I don't think so. I don't think so. Wait, but, well, I, I'll definitely, like, I'll put, out a, I'll put out a record at some point, but uh, I don't want to, I don't know. If she wants to do that, it's more of just like a goofing off in the studio.
3: Okay, all right. And, and yeah. Did I get the name right? Is it Crocodile Tears or Crocodile Teeth?
4: Crocodile teeth.
3: Teeth. Crocodile teeth and the snugglers. Okay, here's here's no. Chad, Chad Van Galen, thanks so much for your time today. No sweat, man. Slim Cessna's Auto Club has been wowing audiences for over 20 years now, often inspiring critics to praise the punk-infused country outfit as the best live band in America. Hailing from Denver, Colorado originally, the group crafts earnest ballads and inspiring gospel songs like few before them. They've been closely aligned with the Alternative Tentacles label and shared stages with everyone from Johnny Cash to Jello Biafra. Earlier this year, Slim Cessna's Auto Club released a compilation called SCAC 102, an introduction for young and old Europe. And between August 1st and 3rd, their current tour brings them to London, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario for shows. Here now to discuss up to 78% of things I just said is Slim Cessna. Hi, Slim. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
3: I'm very well. Where Where in the world are you, Slim?
2: Um, right now I'm in, I'm in Pittsburgh.
3: Pittsburgh? What What are you doing in Pittsburgh?
2: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> just messing
3: around yeah. yeah you're there with the band yeah. is that what's going on you're just on the road
2: no I I, I actually I, I live here right now so oh. I'm I'm getting ready to uh, to uh, travel to Denver tomorrow to start the tour with the
3: band why what What brings you to, I'm not disparaging the city I don't take this as any sort of you know poor tone. oh yeah. uh, you know I'm I, I just I'm, yeah. I'm just curious what why why you would live in Pittsburgh yeah it's a strange thing why
2: why would I live here when i mean the band that uh i'm making a living with is uh, it's all in denver and so i have, to, I have a pretty long commute to get mm-hmm. to work but um i uh, i somehow i just ended up here with with my family um uh, we uh my wife and i years ago a few years ago had an opportunity to to um to get something really cheap um that we could live. Uh, afford to, to raise their children and um, as artists and and not have to worry about uh, traditional jobs and things like that.
3: Okay, what is your what is it your wife does? She paints. She's a painter. You're a you're a musician.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of money in that. So, and Pittsburgh is a good town for for us to be in and 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 still get our. Uh, Kids raised up properly. They're, who are both out of the house right now, by the way. So we actually did a pretty good job. You mean
3: they're? You mean they're of of an age to be out of the house, or they're just small? Oh yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. What yeah, they
2: were they're, they're out. Yeah. <laughs> no, they were taken away. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I just don't. Know. I didn't. Yeah,
2: know I, be funny.
3: I didn't know what you were yeah. referring to there. I could have meant any number of yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well let's let's talk a little bit about this recent release because uh, I've got this right it's a compilation right of, of, of songs from throughout the band's uh uh trajectory yeah,
2: yeah it's like a greatest hits for yeah. for Europe it's um yeah hits is is the funny it's it's definitely a compilation <laughs>
3: <laughs> so what, what
2: Europe. Never had a hit.
3: Why uh, why release a compilation this time? I mean, it's right in the title. It seems to be directed specifically for Europeans. W- w- why do this?
2: So we, we actually did that because we, we just started a, a new relationship with Glitterhouse Records in Germany, and, and they wanted to do this first. They didn't feel, uh, before releasing uh, a proper album, um, they felt that we had, didn't have a proper introduction. Uh to a European audience, even though we had been touring there, you know we've been going back to europe you know, to, you know sometimes three times a year for for several years now but um as far as albums go and and uh you know getting things out to um reviewers and and, and all of those things it, it it never has been properly released huh. uh, so this is uh it, it's our introduction and and so we actually <laughs> had fun with the the title of the album. Just uh, making it as obvious as possible. Yeah, that is what it is.
3: Yeah, are you are you still working with Alternative Tentacles?
2: Yeah, I mean we don't have anything you know new at the moment to 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 release with them, but we certainly don't have any reason to not go with them for the next record.
3: Well, I just I I only mentioned. They
2: don't do much for us in Europe, so we you know Europe we have separate a separate relationship.
3: Now, why don't they do things for you in Europe? That seems lazy on their part, if I might say,
2: well when I say they don't do things for us there's a, there's a limit to what they can do and and they certainly uh have not yeah i i want to make sure that that it doesn't sound like I'm complaining about you know the effort um but there there really isn't uh um, it it's it's easier for us to actually get in, you know, with with a label there where 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 there's a, you know, even distribution and those kinds of things with um it's 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 difficult for for a small label like AT to to get things moved around yeah. properly over
3: there. Sure. All right, that that's fair enough. I just wasn't just, sure. I wasn't sure why, why Yeah,
2: it's just hard. I mean, there's there's just not enough money for, you know, something like that, you know. I guess that's the the best way to say it.
3: Right. Sure. Uh, it's been, uh, I think, I believe, uh, twenty-one years since this band started, and and some have classified your music as, as Americana or what have you. Do, do, does that does that kind of descriptor work for you?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, any of those things work. I mean, we we call it uh, maybe it's being lazy, but we just call it American music. Mm-hmm. so there's, uh, there's so much that that covers. And we certainly don't try to to include all of these different genres. We try to make it all us. Um, but we have certainly been influenced by, by by all kinds of things that would be labeled as American music,
3: right? Like but, folk music, right, American—that's that's a that's a huge umbrella just American music. Whereas you throw the a at the end of American, you got Americana, definite uh, different yeah. connotation.
2: That definitely leads to a different sort of thing, like kind of a singer songwritery thing. I mean, I, I, which, you know, that's just because people have to have a, a name of of something, so they they've labeled that type of music as Americana. So it doesn't work for us, so we can't use it.
5: <laughs> I see. Yeah.
2: It, it it loosely works with us. I mean, all of those things loosely, we we can be. Uh, there's a wide range of um, of things that that are you know that we could fall into i suppose if, if you want to make categories but i think in the end it's like we've spent 20 years just kind of being
3: alone <laughs> yeah 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 do, doing your own thing yeah you know we're, we're just on the other side of the mainstream media pushing a, a folk music revival uh, and they've been getting behind some younger bands uh, what do you make of that stuff
2: I, mean, I think like anything, there's there's good there's good music and there's bad music and and it doesn't really I mean, you can call it whatever you want but uh, it, it's really hard to say. I mean, it, it seems like and I'm sure that you've noticed this also. I mean, things come and go. Every couple of years, there's a new trend uh, that that young people are you know are listening to and. So it's whatever it is that's happening now isn't going to last forever. So hopefully they're all enjoying it while it's here.
3: You you mentioned a, a few moments ago about how you, your band has kind of always been on your own, but now uh, the thing I'm alluding to was a real movement and a push uh, for a music that you are kind of associated with. I'm not suggesting you're anything like the bands that they were promoting. Oh ne- no. Necessarily, oh, I agree. But yep. but I mean, how does yep. that does that? affect your audience in any way does it impact w- what people are willing to accept uh, when you guys come to town like are you are you do you notice an upsurge in in, in interest when stuff like this happens
2: i i think that somehow we are always you know it, we're always managed to to stay far enough on the outskirts of that of those things that that we don't notice a lot i mean we notice it in in you know number you can count like the numbers on on your hands you know it's like uh, it's not it's not anything tangible hmm. and it's been like that forever you know when we when we started there was there was such a thing as um alternative country music which you know that's a word that you don't really hear much anymore but that was a, a big thing at, at the time you know in the whenever that was in the 90s and it's it's kind of the same Thing. You know, we didn't quite fit into that either. Now, and I will say that that you know the banjo has you know with the popularity of that instrument right now, that certainly you would like to think that that you know gives us an advantage um, and kind of an in, uh, I guess would be a good way to say it. But it it doesn't seem to work. It never works for us that way. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think I notice. I, I don't know. It would be nice, you know. Yeah. It'd be nice to be invited to the dance, but it doesn't ever seem to happen.
3: The flip side of of uh, anything like this, anything where you're doing a thing and then suddenly a bunch of people latch on to it, the flip side, potentially negative side is then there's this other when you get to the other side of it people are like almost sick of the music you're making and maybe even would brand you some kind of, you know, uh bandwagon jumpers when you've been doing the thing the whole time. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Uh, we, you know, and and we we get that sometimes, but but I think in in the end, it, it's always I, I I would like to think that it's obvious that that we do live somewhat separately of of the trends and 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 at least our fans are the people who follow us, and 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 those numbers do grow. I mean, it's very slow. We're on the long road, you know. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. But uh, but but it's the long road of of. of Career building, you know, for for whatever that's worth, it's like you know we do it one one show at a time, and and hope that the people that came to the last show come back with a friend in the next one, and and so it's I mean that's the way we work, you know, we we work our butts off to to generate our own audience, and 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 there is you know I I would say that that it's nice that 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 we can kind of loosely be related to something that that is true, Yeah. Uh, it also it can be just like you said it can be um you know difficult to uh to separate yourself from that too if you need to
3: yeah yeah you get you kind of get you you can end up sort of guilty by association as much as you are you know benefiting from the association yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any idea how many shows your band has played
2: no um boy, uh, that was yeah, I don't know. We don't play as many now as we as we used to. <laughs> I think we probably play about 80 a year right now, and, uh, and I guess I guess we could make that an average in 20 years. I don't know. I don't have a calculator.
3: Yeah, no, I I, I hear you. But that, that so it's a significant number. You've played a lot, and uh, the reason I ask is because at some point the road is weird. The road is full of routine. And sometimes you break up the routine by doing you know different things. How do you keep yourself busy on the road?
2: Uh, we we tend you know what we've learned. I mean, it's, it's just through experience and, and being older now, and in, and having to be you know having to to um, you know the next night you you have to put on the same show again, you know, and 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 make it as exciting as the show you just played, and and and. You know, and we and we tend to play each show as if it's our last one anyway, and you know we don't hold back for anything, and 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 that might be stupid, you know, considering you know we're all up, you know in our 40s and, and some of us 50s and and still you know going about it as if you know we're 20 year olds sleeping you know in a van or on people's floors, and, and we certainly don't do that anymore, but you know we've learned to to you know, be, be, because of the type of ship we put on, you know, it's, it's very, um, it's exhausting and, and, it, and it's, it, you know, it's, it's hurting my body. You know, all of us are, you know, we have a very difficult, uh, challenge to, to get through a tour with, without, um, injuries.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, whatever, it's worth it. At this point, it's like, it's, it's, I don't know, like trying to walk up the stairs and, and, Wondering, you know, what, if my knees are going to collapse, and 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 then realize, oh my God, you know, I'm I'm going back on the road here in a, in a day, and you know what's going to happen there. But uh, so really, what 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 I've learned, and and I think that that we do is just to be quiet. Like, <laughs> like our downtime on the road is like we have the quietest band ever. I mean, we don't listen to music. I mean, we might listen to individually, you know, on our on our uh, you know mp3 players or whatever but uh we certainly i don't know it's just quiet
3: are you are you a, are you a book reader do you read books
2: I, I i do read books Yeah, there's some book reading going on in the band also
3: yeah have you read anything lately that might be uh of interest is there something that uh you were like wow that's a pretty cool book
2: I'm I'm going to bring along a couple of books and on um, on this trip and and one of them is that I'm that I'm pretty excited about it. I finally I've read a couple of John Irving books um, hmm. on the on the last tour and I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a prayer for Owen Meany on this one. I also have a uh, it's kind of a like a it's called the Spirit of uh, I don't know what it's called. No, the Crazy Horse and Custer. It's like kind of a uh, I don't know, a biographical uh, book about the two of those characters, and that's interesting to me. So okay. I'll probably be going back and forth.
3: Well, that sounds kind of cool. You're a fan of John Irving, basically, and you're just you're going to catch up.
2: Yeah, actually, recently I am. I, I never had read his books before, but uh, I'm I'm a recent fan.
3: And 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 does reading, like everything in life, I assume. Uh, a a book would kind of uh influence you as a writer yourself uh, do you find that do you find that when you read books that uh, sometimes songwriting ideas formulate uh, from that
2: um yeah i suppose so you know but i will say also and you know to 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 be honest with with, with that question is munley is the primary songwriter in the auto club right, at this right. point so
5: right right he,
2: uh he's he's just a lot better at that than i am and um you know my my only job apparently is just to get all the words right so
5: that's
2: <laughs> yeah
3: is that strange or you feel like you're you are you are something of a you're like an actor almost
2: you know to to say that um is not strange and and I've always kind of felt more like that's what I do anyway
3: yeah okay that's fair it's,
2: it's not hard for me to you know and it wasn't hard even when we kind of made that transition it's you know. Not, not only is, is, is and extremely talented and, um, but, but one of the things that that, that we do and, and, and that we've learned to do is, is to use our gifts and, and, and to work with each other with what those, with what those gifts are. And, and that is, uh, and that's, um, it's you know, something that wasn't really even talked about. It just kind of, you know, turned into that. And, and, um, I'm I'm,
3: completely comfortable with that. Yeah, it's good. It's good to kind of be self-aware and sort of know your strengths and weaknesses and and kind of be okay with that, uh, you know.
2: Uh, and it's not to say that that's how it will always be either. I mean, I, I certainly still feel like I have uh, something to accomplish, and, and, I'm, 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 and it's just not happening at the moment with that, at least with that side of
3: me. Right, right. Uh, you're coming to Canada. What do, you, do you have any particular feelings about our country?
2: Oh, I, I can't wait to come to Canada. We we love it there. Um, you know, uh, Ottawa has always been almost like like our, our second home. It's at Denver as far as you know, as far as how uh, uh, the the shows go, and and so it's just always been one of, one of our, our our favorite cities to play. And you know, working with them, um, Birdman and Aardvark and and those guys, it's been great. Okay. Um, We have troubles at the border, I will say, and uh, hopefully hopefully everything will go smooth.
3: Yeah, everyone's having trouble at the border these days. I've noticed that I I had trouble at the border the other day, and it's, uh, well, a month ago or something, and yeah, it's weird. I don't know what's going on. It seems to be getting harder and harder.
2: No, and it doesn't make any sense to me. We're talking on the phone, and we're practically neighbors, you know? It doesn't really make any sense.
3: No, no, it's, Yeah. It's too bad. Well, uh, you know, you you mentioned we've talked a little bit about this compilation and uh, and some of your your touring uh, plans. Do you have any other uh recording plans or anything else to share uh, at this point?
2: Um, yeah, we have come out with an album once every three or four years and uh, you know, hopefully we <laughs> hopefully we'll get our next one in um earlier than that, but but who knows, we can't make any promises.
5: Okay. But there yeah. has
2: been work there's been some work done toward that end and um, I don't I can't make any guarantees about when we'll be done with it.
3: Okay. Well I, I know that people are looking forward to it, so hopefully it uh, as you say, hopefully yeah. you can get it done ahead of schedule. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. Well, once again, uh, Slim Cessna's Auto Club, uh they have a new collection out. It's called S C A C one oh two, an introduction for young and old Europe. It's out now on Glitterhouse Records. Uh, the band is at Call of the Office in London on August first, the Horseshoe in Toronto on August second, and Babylon in Ottawa on August third. For more information, please visit SlimCessnasAutoClub dot com. Uh, Slim, before we go, should we can we play a song? Should we play a song from this collection just so people get a taste of it? Oh yeah, sure. What should what should we What's play?
2: A... How about. Oh what's the g how about let's do uh thirty two mouths gone dry.
3: Okay, why did that come to mind?
2: You know, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I had to think of one fast and it was the <laughs> first one. But also what this is, uh, some of the songs on this album, um, you know, all of the songs that came it is a compilation, but all of the songs from uh the album Bloody Tenant Truth Peep we re recorded last fall. Hmm. So and this is one of the re recorded versions. Of uh, uh, thirty two mouths gone
5: dry.
6: fucking ow